Chapter 8 Voss Nesgoth landed on the planet Raelara without notice, or at least unannounced. He had therefore been taken by complete surprise to find a short, dark-haired woman waiting for him as he exited the ship. I am called Eonth. Mr. Nunlin is waiting for you. How's that possible? No one knows I'm... Yes, yes, come this way. His eyes lit with the fire of the dark side, but he held his tongue. If this insult had occurred before his training by Darth Bane, she would be dead now. As it was, she may have only earned a few additional moments. They strode into a large waiting area lined with many comfortable chairs, which he ignored, to stand directly in front of the large double doors. Take me to this combat, Nanlin. I have questions for him. Mr. Nanlin is not ready for you yet. You must wait. You just said he was waiting for me. I suggest you open these doors or I'll open them for you. Yes, but he is... This time it was Voss who cut her off, as he reached his hand out and released several tendrils of force lightning into her. A small yelp was all that she could muster before she stopped moving. I tire of these games, Nanlin. He strode to the doors, and using the force ripped them off their hinges, letting them drop behind them on top of the body of Yanth. He stepped across the threshold of the room towards a cowled individual who sat calmly behind an elaborate desk. He got no more than two steps inside, however, before he was overcome by weakness and an emptiness in the Force. More appropriately, an absence of the Force altogether. He struggled to stay on his feet, the shock of the feeling so overwhelming. What? What have you done to me? Me? Nothing at all. You must be referring to my little friend behind me here. Yes, he is known as Nis Selimiri. On their home planet, they are hunted by force-attuned predators. So they create this handy little bubble of about four meters or so, where the force is non-existent, you see. Apparently, it's none too comfortable for those such as yourself. Voss stood up with great effort and regained his composure. I do not need the force to end your existence. Darth Bane sent me here. I would appreciate your cooperation. Darth Bane, you say? How is this possible? Bane has been dead for a very long time. So how could he send you? Don't play dumb, Nanwin. You're supposedly the greatest information broker in the history of this galaxy. You drink Jerum juice with Yoda before as a Jedi Master. So you know damn well how I learned from Bane. <laughs> Indeed. So what information do you require, then? I am looking for a Jedi. Kolstalak. Where can I find him? Jedi are not my speciality. However, I do know of some people who are experts at finding them. They are called the Hunters, and they can be found on Apatros. Voss turned to leave. But as he did so, he heard the very chilling sound of a projectile weapon being taken off safety. You, of course, owe me for the replacement of my assistant and doors. Good help and fine furnishings. Hard to come by these days. You do understand, don't you? Voss nodded and reached for his credit pouch slowly. No, no, I do not need your money. We will say that you owe me a favor. How's that? Of course, if you'd rather I come up with other payment, that can be arranged. 
I suppose one favor is pretty good deal. I'll take it, Nanlin. Good man. I look forward to working with you in the future. Sakul sat with legs crossed in his meditation stance, his eyes closed as he focused. Not on the Force, though. Instead, on the twin voices that had begun to seep into his dreams the night of the battle. At first, he had believed that he had somehow broken his mind during the fight. But after many hours of meditation, he realized the truth. Somehow, his silk crystals had awoken during his time of peril. They had begun to feed him the Force and whispered positive encouragement as he struggled to retain consciousness. He would not tell anyone else, though, as they would surely believe that he had gone crazy. He had begun to use his nightly meditations as time to commune with the crystals, trying to learn what they wanted. It had taken a very short time to realize that their only interest was in his preservation. I don't understand. Why would you possibly concern yourself with When we awoke, we began to feed you. Now we feed each other. Without you, we will be no more. The thought rocked him, but the potential applications of this were equally staggering. Will you become stronger as I become stronger? Yes. He smiled and began to rouse himself from a meditative state. He checked the chronometer and saw that he had several hours before he was supposed to meet with Willen and Colst. Just enough time to get in a jungle run before then. He stripped down to only his trousers and equipment belt, his twin lightsabers clipped to either hip. He had given up the overalls he so enjoyed when he first arrived, for more form-fitting and less clumsy garb on a daily basis. However, even his streamlined attire slowed him on his pre-dawn runs, so he wore as little as possible. These were some of his favorite moments each day. The exertion of energy at glorifying freedom. He started out in a slow jog, before leaping 30 meters into the canopy of the jungle, balancing with ease on a limb larger than his torso in diameter. He closed his eyes, drawing in the force and feeding it into his crystals, which then immediately began to feed it back to him even stronger than before. He laughed to himself in pure joy and took off at a dead sprint into the trees. After close to an hour, he decided to drop down to ground level and do some additional agility training. Again, As he gathered the force, he felt the return from his crystals, but also this time, a sudden warning. Look out! Behind you! He spun, igniting his twin baton-style blades without thought, as three rockmars slinked out of the foliage, eyeing him hungrily. He backed slowly into a position that gave him some additional space, and as the first of the creatures stepped forward, he leapt into action. Using the enhanced power that the crystals were feeding him, he cut the beast's head from his shoulder before it had time to blink. His eyes traveled up to the slight incline where the two other beasts were standing, just in time to see them both leap at him together. He deactivated his blades, and gathering the force, released it in a powerful wave that sent the two rockmars flying backward in the air. He stared after them as a feral yell escaped from his lips. In his mind's eye, the two animals were his tormentors at the lab, or his family, for agreeing to give him to his captors in the first place, destroying the honor bestowed upon them and he upon birth. He released his rage, filling the crystals and in turn himself, as his vision went red. Fingers curled into claws, he attacked his prey. Voss leapt from his meditation aboard his ship, as a wave of dark energy hit him like a hammer through the force. It was the most power that he had ever felt, and as he focused, he felt it emanating from the Yavin system. 
It would appear that my goals have aligned themselves together in the same place. The force is with me, it would seem. He input the data for Yavin 4 into his nav computer and engaged the hyperdrive. I will have my apprentice soon. Then I will worry about Alok. Willen woke suddenly from his sleep, a dark wave of power rippling through the Force. Even in the temple on the night of their battle with the Sith, he hadn't felt it this powerfully. His mind went to Sakyul in his morning runs, and immediately he grabbed his cloak and lightsaber. He ran to the entrance of the Jedi Temple, just in time to run into Kolst, who had also clearly felt the disturbance. They arrived to see Master Chod standing at the entrance, in a meditative state. What's happening here? Are you alright? Apprentice, tell me. Was it the Sith? Why do you ask that, Master? I felt the presence of the dark side a moment ago. I assumed something had gone wrong. Yes, Master. I was training and was attacked by Rachman. As I defended myself, one of the Sith attacked me, but I was able to escape. Indeed, Apprentice. You have grown powerful. Will and Colst approached, daring to interrupt the Grand Master of the Jedi. Where is Sakul, Grand Master? I believe he is on his morning run, Padawan. Their conversation was cut short as Sakul stumbled out of the forest as if intoxicated, covered in gore and blood. Anmek was moving before anyone else could put together a thought, and Colst held Will and back as he tried to move. Wait here, Padawan. Master Chad should be the first to speak with him. Willen waited patiently as his friend approached with Grandmaster Chad. Are you okay? I am fine, my friend. In fact, I truly have never felt more myself. He and Anmet continued to his quarters, and he excused himself to wash his body and retire for a much-needed rest. Colst and Will returned to the courtyard for their morning training session. Colst pulled up short and put a hand on his Padawan's shoulder. Will, there's something wrong on this world. What do you mean, Master? This is our home. What is wrong here? I don't know, Will, but you must fight the dark side with every fiber of your being. It is so tempting to give in, and for a time, you will feel as though you have the most power you've ever felt. It will consume you and you will do unthinkable things in its name. I implore you, meditate on the light every day. Remind yourself of what it is we are defending against. Stay in the light. Sorry, I got lost for a moment. Now fire up the remotes. We're going to work on a new lightsaber form that may suit your physical stature better. You can just say I'm short, Master. I'm an Ewok. (laughs) Yes, of course, Willen. Now, let's begin. A couple of days later, after his training was finished for the day, Will went in search of Sakul. Ever since the day that his friend had returned bloodied, training from Colst had increased tremendously. His master was intent on teaching him a lightsaber form that Colst said was once used by a powerful, but small, Jedi Master long ago. After searching for a time, he finally found Sakul meditating at the top of the temple, a place that Will was used to finding Kiran. As he approached, the Nogri opened his eyes and smiled at Will. Will, so good to see you. How was your training? Good. I'm learning a new form of lightsaber combat that Master Alok thinks will be helpful. 
To be honest, I'd rather be doing something less violent. However, Master Alok feels that with recent happenings, I'm better suited to ensuring my continued survival. Sakul nodded and stood. They began to walk back down towards the base of the structure. I would agree. Master Chad has begun pushing our training sessions further and further over the last few weeks. Yet over the last several days, I have been pushed even further still. The lightsaber training is more intense than anything I ever believed possible. Willen stopped and stared at his friend. You sparred with Master Chad? I've heard he's one of the greatest swordsmen of any generation. What is his blade like? I've never seen one quite like it. Slow down, my friend. He may very well be the greatest swordsmaster ever, but I've never seen him wield it. What? But, but you just said... I said the training is intense, yes. However, he does not use his lightsaber. He says a true master of the Force can defend himself without a blade if necessary. To prove this point, he has never once used his blade. And I have never once so much as torn a thread on his robes. Will stood still in complete amazement. How is that even possible? I mean, I've heard of deflecting blaster bolts, even absorbing them. But this? This seems impossible for any person. He creates an impenetrable field around himself and moves so fast that even if I wanted to, I could not strike him. I will have to ask him to teach me that if I ever have the chance. Get in line, my friend. I will simply be satisfied with increasing my speed and agility to start with. Will nodded as the two friends reached the base of the temple. He paused, looking up at the moons in the distance. I miss Kirana. Sakul spit derisively. <sighs> she was weak. How could she simply run away like that? Together, we could have overcome the Dark Ones. Instead, she left us here, alone. Will looked at his friend with a worried gaze. I'm sorry, Sakul, but I must ask you this again. Are you okay? Ever since your trouble in the forest, you've been acting a bit differently. Sakul smiled at his friend, suddenly miles away from the apparent darkness a moment before. Yes, I'm sorry, Will. Sometimes, my mind drifts back to the past, and I require several moments to regain my composure. Please forgive me, my friend. I meant no harm. Willem looked at his friend as if uncertain, then asked another question. What do you remember from Camino? Is that the name of the place where we were tortured? Will winced at the term, but nodded in response. I remember pain, Willem. Pain. And a constant question as to why my family would have done this to me. We are an honor-bound people, Will. It simply does not make sense to me as to why they would give me up. I can tell you that if I ever meet the blue-skinned man again, I will end him. I remember my captors. A blue-skinned Twi'lek, a Rodian, and two Mandalorians. I know those things now, of course. At the time, they were simply demons tearing me away from my home. I have come to forgive them for their part in my life. We are better for it, are we not? I am, my friend. But that doesn't mean one should forgive. Come. I am hungry from the day's work. Will nodded, and together they headed to the mess hall to see what was being served.